Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Lord Jesus, you are worthy this morning. 
And God, we thank you for everything that you're going to do and accomplish in this service this morning, God. It is not on accident that we are here, God. And we believe that today in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we take this time and we lift up our movers to you. And Lord Jesus, ask that you would take these people that we've wrote down on a, that we've written down on, a, on, on this card, God, that they need to make a move towards you, God. They need you to come in and be the Savior of their life. God, it's not enough that you've been Savior in our life, but God, be the Savior in our family and friends' life. And God, ask that you would move and work in their life in the mighty name of Jesus. God, ask that you would take control of this service, that you would have your way in this place. God, not our will be done, but your will be done in this place. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Everybody said, amen. Well, you may be seated this morning. Well, good morning. We're shifting a little bit, doing something a little bit different, catching you off guard. So uh, hopefully that will cause you to get here early next week. <laughs> uh, we have confronted over the last few weeks, four weeks in fact, we've been confronting the uh, principality of apathy. Uh, we have said that uh, we needed to break the spirit of apathy towards people. Jesus made it very clear why he showed up on earth, that he came to show people that had no love, love. And so we've been making the statement that we cannot only claim love, we cannot claim love for God, the one that we cannot see, if we don't also love the ones that we do see. It's hypocritical for us to say that we love God and not love people. And so we've been confronting and, and, and trying to bring down the apathy that we have towards people. Um, <clears throat> Our, uh, but at the same time, uh, our love for people is, has to be rooted and established in our love for God. That's where it starts. And so uh, I, I've made this statement to you over the, the last few weeks, and I believe I'm, I'm correct. I have said to you that I think that our apathy towards people is the epidemic of our day. We are extremely, it, it's off the scale how much I don't care we have in us. But... I want to make this statement to you, and I think I'm also correct about this. As epidemic as our apathy towards people may be, I want to say this to you this morning. I think our apathy and our lack of passion for people pales in comparison to our apathy, the level of apathy that we have towards God. We... Okay, that went over huge. I know we didn't pump you up with worship to get you ready, but 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 our apathy towards the God of the universe is at all-time highs. There are um, some colloquialisms, uh, common phrases that speak to the concept or the idea of something being rare or something being exceptional. Uh, here's one, once in a blue moon. Ever heard that one? How about, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Like that, that conjures up this concept, this idea that something is hard to find, something is rare, something is exceptional. Um, but there is uh, this abundance of apathy and disregard and, if you will, even dismissal of God by those who are called by his name even. I expect people that don't know God to dismiss him. That's why they don't know God. I expect people that don't have a relationship with God to disregard God. That's why they don't have a relationship with God. 
But those of us that are called by his name, we too seem to dismiss him and disregard him. And so there's another phrase that probably uh, accurately reflects our attitude and our approach to God, and that's this. It's a dime a dozen. You remember that one? It, it's that idea that encountering, um, gaining a consistent daily weekly audience with the king of kings is now nothing more than routine. In other words, we can take it or we can leave it. Okay, I, I knew this was going to get tight. I've been waiting for this for several weeks. I knew uh, you would be with me on the, on the apathy towards people, but this one, this one attacks how we are in the privacy of our own hearts. We, we have this idea that we treat the rare like the regular. We mistake the extraordinary for the ordinary. We overlook the incredible and we approach it as if it's common. And I have taught you in the past and I want to remind you again this morning that how we perceive determines how we receive. So if we perceive that God is common, if we perceive that God is a dime a dozen, if we perceive that this is routine, then that also will determine how we receive from God. And so we've got to deal and challenge the apathy towards the holy. I believe that in order for us to attack and destroy, and we are going to do that. I don't just want to talk about it. I want us to destroy apathy towards God. I think to do that, we have to develop a new sense of awe or reverence towards Him. When you are awestruck by something or when you have reverence for something, you are not apathetic towards that thing. That's why many of us, uh, and, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your neighbor just so I'll let you off the hook. Uh, that, that's why many of you, when you're dating, trying to win the heart, you are awestruck and you only see the good and you only see the lovely and you pursue and you clean up. And then when you, when you catch and secure, you have a tendency to let your guard down because the extraordinary now becomes ordinary. We do the same towards God. When, when you're awestruck by something, we need to have a new sense of awe. Thankfully, I am so thankful this morning that the veil of separation that separated us from God has been torn in two by what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? Aren't you glad that we don't have to go through a, a, a human to get to Jesus? We don't have to wait on a priest to gain access. We can, according to Scripture, boldly approach the throne with our petitions, boldly approach the throne with a relationship with Jesus. Anybody thankful for that? I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, I want you to understand that that access has caused us to become flippant about the opportunity and the, and the, the, the privilege that we've been granted. I want to say it like this to you this morning. We have taken the granted access for granted because it doesn't seem to cost us. I, I can tell you from the Old Testament perspective that the high priests were not apathetic about pro approaching God because they knew that if they were not uh, cautious about how they approached God and that they got everything right when, before they approached God, then, then, then they knew that the punishment was what? Death. That's why they tied the scarlet cord to the priest's ankle so he could go into the Holy of Holies and they would, if the cord ever stopped moving, they could drag him out because they knew he died, right? I, I'm convinced this morning that our apathetic approach still brings about our demise the only difference is, is that the pace of destruction is so much slower and less noticeable that we don't even sometimes recognize the sentence of death on our own life produced by our apathy towards God. 
I, I could take you into scripture and show you example of exa- after example of apathetic approaches towards God. Uh, and, and I'll just draw some to your attention, and we're not going to stay there. I just want to draw them to, to your attention. For instance, like, uh, how about this one? When the children of Israel demand an, a human king to replace the king. How many of you know that's birthed out of apathy? Right? Uh, how about this one? When King David tries to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel when it had been uh, stolen by the Philistines and he put it on a new cart and Uzzah's walking beside it and knowing that you're not supposed to touch the holy things, knowing the punishment is death, the cart hits a bump and it about falls off and he reaches out to steady it and the Bible says he was struck dead instantly. All birthed out of apathy. Treating the holy as common. So, so there are examples like that, but what I want to do this morning is I want to take you into a passage of Scripture and show you an example maybe on the other side. This is how we should approach God. If you want to join me, you can join me in Nehemiah chapter 8. Uh, it begins in verse 2. We're going to read down through verse 6. I'm going to leave some uh, one little portion out simply because you can read it for yourself. Uh, there's a long list of, of people and They've got unbelievable names, and I'm not even going to try to attempt them because you'd get all confused by my confusion, but I'm just going to leave those out, but, but you'll get the gist of the story. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 2 through 6, it says this, So Ezra the priest brought out to them the scroll of Moses' law, and he stood on a wooden stand. One version says he stood behind a wooden pulpit. He stood on a wooden stand made especially for the occasion so that everyone could see him as he read. And he faced the square in front of the water gate, and he read from early morning until noon. And everyone stood up as he opened the scroll. And all who were old enough to understand paid close attention. Then the list of names. Then this is what it says. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people said, Amen. And they lifted their hands toward heaven. Then they bowed and they worshiped the Lord with their faces towards the ground. Talk about the antithesis of apathy. Talk about reverence. Did did you catch what I just read to you? Do you understand that what I just read to you is nothing more than an Old Testament example of a church service? That's what it is. That's exactly, that is the pattern of, okay, so... I want you to notice the attitude, and I want you to notice the passion, and I want you to notice the approach. So let me give you just some highlights, and then I'll make a couple points, and then we're going to spend some time in worship this morning. Here here are some of the highlights in case you missed them. Number one, the people were so desperate for the word that they stood from early morning until midday to listen to the word being read. We freak out if a preacher goes more than 20 minutes. They were so desperate for the Word of God that they listened from early morning until noon. I don't know what early morning is for them. For me, it's like 9. But I'm I'm wondering maybe if their early morning was more early than that. So let's say they're sleepyheads like me, and they they like 9. They've had six cups of coffee, and they're finally awake at 9. That means they listened for three hours. Okay. But because we treat his word like it's a dime a dozen, like it's it's common, then apathy consumes our soul. 
the, the second thing I noticed is that the people, they didn't just listen to the word. In this part of the passage, it says the people stood when the word was read. Okay, I'm not trying, I don't want us to be legalistic about this. I just think that when you have a revelation of the fact that this is the word of God that is being read, when the word of God is the word of God to you, then reverence should be our response. We have made his word so common because we have access at our fingertips, because we have access on our radios, because we have access on the television, because we have access on every electronic device. We have now come to this place where when we are exposed to his word, there's no reverence. That, that's why when we hear the decrees of the king, we can doodle and we can daydream and we can drift off in our thoughts because the, we have disregarded the word of life. The word of God has been ignored and disrespected due to apathy. It just it shocks me that if uh, dignitaries were to walk in the room that you don't even like, you would stand. But we can open up the word of God and draw sketches on the offering envelopes. Okay, you don't have to like me this morning. I'm just telling you, this is just what's happening here. Third, when the people hear the word and Ezra leads them in worship, notice what happens. They respond in reverence. They participate. They hit the ground. They bow down before God. They, they, they worship. There was no need to prime them. There was no need to work the room. There was no need to sing the, song, the right song the right number of times. They simply respond out of a heart that is filled with reverence because they understand that they're worshiping the king of kings. And they respond. I, I, I just want to visit this Old Testament church service and challenge you this morning about our level of, of apathy and lack of reverence towards God. I want to say to you that if we are going to break apathy towards God, then there are three things that have to happen in this body. I'm not talking about every church in Oklahoma City. I'm talking about this body. I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm talking about you. In fact, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. We're all in this together. If we are going to break apathy as a body, as individuals that make up a body, then we have to examine this account of what took place and adjust. Here are three things that I know we're going to have to do. Just stay with me this morning. The first one is this. I think that we must once again become desperate and attentive to his word. I have some questions I can't answer about this particular church service. I read it. I couldn't find any of the details. I'll tell you why I don't think the details are there here in a second. I have some questions about this church service. What if Ezra was boring? What if Ezra wasn't like T.D. Jakes? What if Ezra's voice was like grating? What if Ezra was monotone? There are no details about the preacher. I would suggest to you that there are no details given about Ezra's ability to, to be an orator. There's no details about his voice because apparently the people understood that they weren't listening to Ezra. They were listening to God. 
we must become so desperate and so attentive to God's word that the vessel and the voice does not matter. That our ears are so trained to hear the voice behind the voice that we hear his voice even when it is disguised or robed in the form of a mere mortal. The Bible says that the sheep are supposed to know the shepherd's voice. So it doesn't matter the tone or the ability. It doesn't matter whether this is a good preaching Sunday for the preacher or not or a bad Sunday for the preacher. What really matters is that we so train our ears to hear and so become so desperate to hear the word of God that we become attentive again, recognizing that when we gather together like this, where two or three are gathered in his name, he's here and he's speaking. And that means he's got something to say to us in every service. If we'll listen, I, I, I think our problem is, is that we underestimate the opportunities that we have to hear. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this, faith comes by reading, right? That's what it says, faith comes by reading, like if you get enough commentaries and if you spend enough private time reading the word, faith comes that way. Is that what it says? No. It says faith comes by hearing. We underestimate the, the crucial aspect of being together like this to hear the word of God proclaimed. There, I don't understand how it works. I just know it works that when you hear the word of God, it comes in your ear and it goes straight to your spirit. And faith is produced. And I think we underestimate how crucial it is for us to have opportunities to hear the word of God. The hearing of the word must become important again. It isn't a take it or leave it as if I've missed nothing. We strain the hear so that we don't stray. We understand that the words that go forth, whether they're coming out of my mouth, Pastor Woody's mouth, the people that we bring in for voices, could be somebody singing a song, could be somebody in the lobby that says something to you about the word. In those moments, that is the word of life to you. And we've got to become attentive to that again and desperate to that again. The second thing I want to say to you is this, that, is that our, our time, if we're, go, if we're going to break apathy towards God, then our time must become his time. If we're going to displace apathy towards God, then we have to quit holding him hostage to our clock and our calendar. Listen, I need us to make an adjustment. Some of us pat ourselves on the back because we've placed God on the agenda. I want to say to you this morning that he's not on the agenda. He must once again become the agenda. He is the most important thing on our calendar. He is the most important thing on our clock. We make him priority. And I am concerned that many of us are apathetic towards God simply because we have scheduled him as if he's common. We try to fit him in. He is an option rather than a priority. Okay. We have lost. Uh, some of y'all not even going to know what this word means. You haven't heard it in so long. I, I, I was taught what this was. We have lost the art of tearing. How many of you have never heard the word tearing like used in this? Okay, y'all, uh, oh, there's one honest, okay. 
It's this idea that we wait on the Lord. I've talked to you about that before. Those that wait on the Lord renew their strength. There's no, no, I'm not surprised we have no strength when we won't wait. We have lost the art of waiting on God. And so what happens is this, is that, that we have made time holier and more, the, more divine than divinity. Because now what we want to do is say, well, God, you've got from 10 o'clock, well, actually 10.06, because I'm not going to get there for the first song. So uh, 10.06 to about, I'm going to leave early so I don't have to talk to anybody. So about 11 o'clock, you've got this amount of time. And if you can't talk to me and can't, mean pastor. But that's how we treat God. And, and here's what the rhythm, we only want to do that once a week. Don't ask me for any more time. I know you've got like small groups, but don't ask me for small group time. I'm busy. Okay. We're apathetic, y'all. We've made God in our image rather than us conforming to his image. The third one is this, and the worship team is going to come back into place, is this. If we are going to break apathy, we've got to make sure our worship is appropriate for our audience. I want to tell you this morning that if our audience is the neighbor standing or sitting next to us, then our worship level is probably appropriate. I want to say to you this morning that if, if our audience is man, then maybe our worship level is appropriate. But I want you to notice something that, that in this passage of Scripture that I read to you, it says that when Ezra, uh, he did, apparently he didn't even play any music. He just said, God is great. And the people responded in worship. I need you to understand that if we can ever shake off apathy and understand that the songs that we sing and the actions that we take and the hand claps that we participate sometimes as if we're at a golf match because we give little golf claps. If we would understand that the dance that we sometimes will start moving a little bit. If we would understand that the hand that we raise is not for a dime a dozen regular routine everyday common God but it rather it is for the lily of all valleys it is for the rose of Sharon it is for the bright and morning star it is for the one that laid his life down for me it is for the great and almighty God it is for the first it is for the last it is for Alpha and Omega it is for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords he is the greatest one he is I am if we could ever understand if we could ever understand who we're worshiping who we're going after who we are pursuing then I would submit to you that it would change our response and it would change our approach and it would change our level of revelation of who he is would change our reverence it would cause us to worship him. I'm asking you to drop the dimes. I'm asking you to drop the dime a dozen mentality. 
I'm asking you to understand that our apathy is displayed by our approach to him. Some of you just clocking in on Sunday morning. That's what I'm supposed to do. Clock. I got all this stuff to do afterwards. When someone has to pull it out of us, then I would question whether it's really important to us. If we have an understanding of who we are worshiping, then we will also understand that reverence is connected to our revelation and we will begin to worship him with everything that is within us. We must become desperate and attentive to his word. We must let him out of captivity to our clocks and our calendars and we must come back to this place where we worship him for who he is. We want the results that they have without approaching God the way they did. Isn't it interesting that in the Old Testament, we're going to look at some of this next week, but in the Old Testament it's interesting to me that a lot of times when they would come into worship, the place was filled with smoke and filled with the power and filled with revelations and filled with all these amazing things and we stroll in and then wonder why God doesn't show up. I'm asking you to drop the dime a dozen mentality and pursue.
Tell him right here and right now, Father, we are yours. We commit and rededicate to you this morning, Lord.
ask him to make all things new. We will run to you. We will run to you. We will run to you. Turning from our sin, we return to you. Father, heal Come on, ask him to make all things new. I ask, oh, Father, as we run to you, Father, I ask that our perspective would change this morning, Lord, that we would see things as you see them, God, that we would view them and view others as you see them, Lord, help our perspective to change, God, the closer we get to you, that you would once again remind us, Father, our purpose and our plan, Father, for this world and this generation, oh, God. Can you make that your cry this morning, God? Change me. Change my heart. Wake me up, oh God. From the slumber I found myself in today. to 
Would you make that your cry this morning, Father? We humble ourselves today, oh God. And we place ourselves at your feet this morning. And we ask, God, once again, that we would have your heart. Your eyes of compassion, oh God, your heart. Father, we ask that you remove any spirit of apathy that may even be hidden in the dark places of our hearts, oh God. Places where we've let our guard down or we've turned from you. We've stopped pursuing, oh God. We ask that you bring us back to the cross, Father, where you bled and where you died and where you suffered for us, Jesus.
Father, this morning my prayer is simply this. I ask you to help passion. To become passionate once again. I pray that the desire to pursue you would invade all of our lives. I pray that we would not become satisfied or content in this point of our journey. I pray that we would come together and we would reverence your presence. I pray that we would come together and we would be attentive to your word. pray that we would come together and we would make room for you. God, I pray that you would raise our level of worship so that we worship you as if our lives depend on it. I'm asking you to erase every stronghold, every fragment, every speck of apathy towards you. So that our approach to you will be appropriate for our our level of revelation of who you are. God, I ask you to do this in this house, in this group of people. I ask you to do this in me. Don't let us take our access take about 10 or 15 seconds just standing or sitting where you are and in the privacy of this moment would you just make a determination in your own heart that you are going to pursue God with passion can you do that just for a moment
Father, what I'm asking you to do is increase our appetite for you. I'm asking you to increase our appetite for your word. I'm asking you to increase our appetite for your presence. I pray that we would respond appropriately so that we can see the beauty of your presence and the power that comes along with that presence. I ask you to accomplish this in the mighty name the one that we worship. In the name of the one who deserves all praise. The one who deserves all honor. You and you alone are worthy, oh God. Pastor Woody to come, I just sense that we need to be still a moment as they continue to play. Would you just reverence Let me ask you to respond how you would respond if God walked in the room. Because he did. We've got just a little bit of time here. If it, 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 Would you just, in your, what you would do, what I would do when God walks in the room may not be what you would do, but but would you just do what you would do if God walked in the room right now? Jesus. 
Jesus. Thank you for your love.